Yo, 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 what's up? It's Champagne Sharks. This is T. This is Trevor. This is at Ricky Rawls. Uh, that's the at on Twitter. R-I-C-K-Y-R-A-W-L-S. No underscore. The, we're going to run through the whole house cleaning. I decided just house cleaning. No more going back and forth. I've made an executive decision. I think it's house cleaning. The house cleaning is... At Champagne Sharks is the group Twitter account. Go to champagnesharks.reddit.com to check out the Reddit dedicated to Champagne Sharks, which has a lot of great links. We don't run it, fans run it, but it's pretty good. The conversations are getting better. And I actually start finding show ideas from there now. Like I go on there and they have articles. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So it's a pretty cool place. The most important, go to patreon.com. I should have let off with this. Fuck me. I don't know why I did <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks, $5 a month. You get not only two episodes a week, but you get the whole backlog. At this point, there's it told me 70 episodes. You will get 70 episodes just for paying $5. Like you won't have to leave your house calling sick. Listen to Champagne Sharks all day. Come in and hate your boss. Get fired. You can listen to more Champagne Sharks. Pay the $5 and then worry about the consequences later. You'll get really like um, extra aggro and it'll be good for you. What am I missing? Champagnesharks at gmail.com. Write us there. There's no more Champagne Sharks. Curious cat because I think <laughs> the anonymity was making people really obnoxious. That's that. And I know I missed something. I don't know what it is. I'll figure it out later. But I think, oh, rate and review the show in iTunes. That um, helps the show. I don't know how yet, but supposedly it does. So please do it. Um, yeah, and that's it. And we have with us Mike. Hey, everybody. This is Mike. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Black Exception One. Glad to be back with everybody. And I hope uh, y'all know that I missed y'all a lot while I was away. Yeah, there were a lot of questions people were asking. They were like, yo, what's up with uh, Mike? But yeah, Mike is here. Yeah, so leave us alone. He's here, you know. he's Yeah, yeah. You're, yes, sir. Uh, you're a popular guy, man. Well, I, it's, it's nice to be liked. You know, I try to be a nice guy. And I try to be a fair person. And, you know, I try not to be the asshole that I'm naturally inclined to be. Yeah, I think... Uh, People are low-key. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Look at this. Popping in. My brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have D-Mills. Yo. <laughs> it's the magic man. Was... Oh, man. Y'all already started? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just started. We just we just started. We were shooting this shit for a while, but your timing is perfect. Like, Because I told him, let's just let D pop in whenever he pops in. And you came in right after uh, Mike introduced himself. Like, it was... <laughs> It was like, you know, fashionably late. Like, you just popped in. Oh, that's crazy. That's the the, the player entrance. My ears must have been burning. That's what it was. Yeah. (laughs) It was like like we left a placeholder for you, and then you just, like, jumped right in. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, we're in synchronicity. We have have a good synergy going. Yeah, yeah. So please uh, introduce yourself to the people. Well, fashionably late. D-Mills in the building. Thank you for waiting for me patiently, gentlemen. I appreciate it. <laughs> you can catch me on uh, Twitter at MDMills79. The handle is don't at me. Yeah, the reason we didn't keep waiting was because we were going to talk about like different topics. So I figured it wouldn't be like just one long topic. And if you jump in 20 minutes late, you'll be confused because, you know, oh, okay. we we're just going to go through like different things. But uh, before we get started, I wanted to say I listened to your Homeless in L.A. episode. It was pretty good, man. I, I enjoyed it. It was oh, is there... it was a pretty good episode. Oh, yeah, man, yeah, I appreciate yeah, uh, it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't know if you had a chance 
Yeah, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, Mike. You've been busy, but no, I've been uh, catching. I've been catching up all day, but I haven't made it to that one yet. I just finished the third part of the uh, or uh, infighting. Yeah, series. Yeah. Oh, okay. What did you think about? What did you think about that one? Ah, uh, I loved it. I love. I love. Uh, you know, uh, you know, the biggest fan as I am of uh, Neely Fuller, uh, and I think. Uh, you guys were right on, man. Okay. Uh, if, if you hated it, you would tell us, right? Even if it was on I air, you'd be like... would. Okay, good. I absolutely would. I wouldn't tell you on air, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because then people will know you're, you're trustable. Like, you know, I mean, I know you did it respectfully. As long as you weren't like, yo, y'all were full of shit. Y'all need to wrap it up. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, dude, like, you need I to would. stop saying um so much before you talk, man. What the hell? <laughs> I wouldn't do none of that. I wouldn't do none of that in front of the people. Oh, dude, I was really Staying tired. Staying cold, huh? <laughs> dude, I was really tired during the show Me right too. that we were doing and i, I was really tired <laughs> and i remember d even said he was like yo because we got having technical difficulties like yo we got to wrap it up and we had 15 minutes left you know i was like let's just try to knock it out i went to bed really late i did not like how i sounded at all i sounded like really hyperactive because i think i put took a lot of coffee to make up for how tired i was i flubbed so many words but i think the point's came across overall but i felt like i was on like adderall or something you know what's yeah. funny man is i felt the same yeah. way but when i did the um the the homelessness episode i fucked up so many words like i kept saying i, <laughs> I kept meaning to say deference you know what i mean but I, for some reason i kept oh, oh, saying oh, 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 deferred hey, hey, i'm like you said deferment yeah deferment yeah, yeah. Oh, you know yeah yeah <laughs> i only caught that i only caught that once i only caught mm. that once and then you know like um I was thinking about it. I'm like, uh, should I mention it? Because I don't want to be that guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've gotten that rep, so I'm glad you uh, brought it. That was the only one I caught, though. I think I did it maybe two or three times, but I just, you know. You know, it's funny. I started off with a bunch of notes and, and all this type of stuff, but then I just say, you know, fuck me. I'm going to just speak my mind, man. Just kind of just shoot from the hip. You know what I mean? Just You flowed very well. Whatever. You were much better than my first solo episodes like like it was very it was very good i was very impressed yeah, appreciate it. being that it was your first solo episode i was yeah. like oh his is probably gonna be as bad as my first solo one was and i got pissed because it was like really good i was like fuck i feel like, like it was, <laughs> i was just like oh man but you know you know i kind of have a little i guess an advantage a slight advantage over your first one in that we've been doing this for a while now so um, it wasn't like totally foreign to me, but at the same time, it's still right. like an element of nervousness when you first do it by yourself. You know what I mean? Like, can yeah. I feel an entire hour or so by myself? You know, and it was just like, you know, whatever. I've run my mouth enough anyway, so might as well just uh, go for it and see what the hell happens. You know, I think in the beginning when it started, you know, you were telling like different stories. And I'm like, oh, when's the homelessness is going to start? You know? Yeah. And then I realized, I realized that's probably how we sound all the time. We've just is. never been on the receiving really end is. of it because, because we, <laughs> I'm going to say like, we, man, we, we come in, we come in with an idea for a subject and never broach that subject. Until like 20 <laughs> minutes into the show. If, if, if at all it, this, there's been times we just have it we did a whole hour and like okay i guess you push it back to the next time yeah, exactly but, like we were supposed to talk about remember we were supposed to talk about that uh the jedi movie and like we just always end yeah. up talking about something else and then it got to the point where it's like we can't talk about it yeah now. it's not even timely anymore <laughs> but it was weird to be it was weird to be on the receiving end of it because you know i'm like okay so, okay so, so this is what the people must feel like all the time but like, well, we better tighten it you know, up it worked dude. out well like 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 none of it was boring or anything you know it was just funny <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. that was so funny, man. I literally had, like, a bunch of bullet points that I had written down and everything. And then I was just like, you know what? I have to screw it. Let me just, just go for it, you know. But anyway. 
Yeah, yeah, like I like the content of that three-part episode. I just me too decided that that you know I wouldn't like to do it that tired. You know what, yeah, man? I, I tell myself that all the time, T. Like when that because I, I when we're recording it, it starts when it starts to feel like a marathon session. I'm just like, okay, I, I have a problem. Like I start to mentally check out. Like once we get yeah you know, up to an hour and a half, like I'm just like, okay, I'm. <laughs> but then I kind of perk back up toward uh, maybe like the last. 20 25 minutes or so of it then i kind of perked back up and got back you know into the game but i was tired as shit man it was like whoa we are really (laughs) getting it in right now yeah you know um one thing we wanted to talk about was the what's his name mark lamont hill mark lamont hill yeah yeah I'm gonna talk about Mark Lamont Hill and uh, what are your guys' thoughts about that? I, I guess we should get some background, right? Like Mark Lamont Hill had a thing where he got fired for talking about the rights of Palestine and you know the Palestinian state. I mean, I'll be honest, that whole Zionism versus Palestine thing, I'm not very well versed in it, and I don't like talking about things that I don't get, you know. But he used the phrase, and I guess the phrase is considered by me repeating bits i heard i'm not saying anything i'm saying is definitely right or wrong so please don't write me and say oh you're um repeating zionist propaganda or whatever somebody's gonna just isolate that one bit of the recording and then be like oh look at ricky ross he's he's a <laughs> he advocates Supporting, nah, Israel nah, to the no nah, what they do now is <laughs> yeah. what they do now is they put in ricky r asterisk oh yeah C-K, asterisk. oh yeah yeah you've yeah, been getting yeah. a lot of uh a lot of low-key they scared to come at you direct, though. Oh, yeah. I like that about it. Oh, yeah. They know they're going to get that work when they come at you for real. Yeah. But you know what's funny when they do that? Like, actually, you know what? Let's 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 uh, table that after the Mark <laughs> Lamont uh, introduction. But I do want to talk about that because it's kind of funny, right? First of all, have you noticed I've been like uh, not arguing online the past couple of days? I've been making a concerted effort because I'm like, I was looking at uh, Talib Kweli. I'm like, you know, this guy's a cautionary tale. I don't want yeah. <laughs> to okay. like in six months. Because the only difference between him and you is that you actually have facts and logic, and he's just like some weird emotional dude. Like, yeah, yeah, he's you know, very, that's like, weird about him. Like, it's like very when erratic. you get to see a person's personality, like we from you know when you see him rapping or whatever, to then you see how he interacts with people, and it's like this guy's really weird. Yeah, he's really bizarre. Something broke. Something broke his brain at some point. I don't know uh, what you, it man, is. But... It's that college lecture circuit tour, whatever it is. It must be like, what it is. You know what's funny? A thing that he said. And he was talking to uh, Dr. Uh, Tommy Curry, and he was he was like, "Yeah, I, I got a book deal, and I and I, I I lecture at you know you know colleges and this." Oh, oh and it wasn't even a like, book so deal. I, he put I, it at a bookstore. Oh, he, well, okay. He, he can bring it up at a bookstore like that. That automatically makes you an expert on everything. Like, <laughs> and I was just like, you know, he you know when you he, he was like putting his resume out there, and I'm just like. And, and, you know, it's nice he's got a bookstore or whatever, but it's just like, okay, you're talking to a guy that's wrote books, uh, published articles, peer-reviewed articles, he's a full professor. And does extensive a, work in you know, the field. Not a, yeah, research and, a, and, and and great recall of the research that he has a very smart guy. So yeah. just to, you know, just to just to put himself out, it was just funny to me. That It made me laugh when I read the tweet. I agree. I got a bookstore and <laughs> he, then he, he mentioned like, something like, he's like, he was challenging somebody's scholarship. Oh, you know, yeah, he's really When you arrogant. get a bookstore and you do this and you do that. <laughs> but, 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 but you know what's really sad about Talib Kweli? And a lot of people complain about this. And I finally experienced it for myself because he did it with me. 
Um, he's very big into taking your tweets out of context and sticking the dogs on you. And he'll like blatantly lie yeah. about what you say. Like, you know, yeah, he, I've like, seen like, him do like, it. Like he's really blatant. Like what he did to me, which finally pissed me off. And I told him off. I said, you know what? I'm not going to argue with you anymore because at least argue honest. Like, why are you fucking doing this shit? He, uh, there was something, somebody, uh, cause I was asking, you know, the age old question. Uh, I said, give me an example of black male patriarchy. Like, give me an example of black male privilege. Something that, you know, I can do that you can do that's not based on biology or anything but it's based on black men banding together to gain an advantage and give each other like you know cover from consequences like give me like something like you know like awarding ourselves government contracts or beating verdicts like give us something you know and it was the same old stuff like one thing is the weird things that they treat getting credit as like patriarchy so it's like you know black men get credit this that and one of the things like uh they were saying when they were arguing with me through talib kuali because when you argue with him all these like fans come in and this girl was saying oh well you know black men are the ones that are focused on in the history books and black women aren't so all the black leaders are men and then i was like that's not even like really how i remember it at all because first off that's not like real patriarchy like what is being mentioned in a textbook how does that help regular black dudes in the street like i can't bring a textbook to the bank and say hey can i um there's a bunch of black men mentioned in here. You know, can you give me a check? Like, 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 what can I do with that? Even if, it, even if that, even if that was true. But on top of that, like, you know, Elaine Brown, Harriet Tubman, Shorty Chisholm, Rosa Parks. Like, uh, Rosa Parks gets mentioned as the start of the civil rights movement way more often yeah. than Emmett Till. It's only in recent years I've seen the Emmett Till case really get kind of credit as more the real start of the civil rights. They're gonna movement. put Harriet Tubman on a, on a twenty dollar bill. Yeah, yeah, and then nobody's. She's like, you know. Uh, black leadership has always been like black men and whatever and i was like i was like to me it's still not patriarchy because that's still not like real power that they're getting but on top of it i don't think it's like true like with the panthers it's like uh elaine brown kathleen cleaver asada shakur and like different ones you can kind of name a famous female black panther for every well-known uh male black panther they had an active role in the organization but they're also like the faces of it like asada's autobiography is as well known as um Seize the time, you know, it's it's very well. And I'm getting to the point where Talib Kweli um, tried to find something to like uh, put out of context. And then she was like, black men take all the credit for the movement from black women and they get to be the face of it and get the credit and the leadership. Wait. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I said, wait, the most well-known modern black movement is Black Lives Matter. And those are three uh, yeah. queer black women. And the only male that's lesbians. known in that entire movement, although he's not affiliated with Black Lives Matter, is DeRay, right? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't mention DeRay because, like, you and I know from experience, even though they don't always explicitly say straight, they mean Maybe. straight black men. Right. Y yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so. But he's literally the only male that I could think of in the yeah, entire Yeah, yeah, he's the only male that's like, that's like that. Well, maybe Sean King, but then people debate oh, yeah, whether he's. Keep forgetting about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but this is what was um, really funny. Talib Kwanli quote tweeted, and he's like, oh, so look at this homophobe, uh, Ricky Rawls. I, so what, you have a problem with lesbians? You know what? That's so funny that you bring that up because, um, <laughs> as I was looking at the exchanges, I, when I saw that, and I saw a couple of other ones that he did. I literally had to like, I started scrolling up and down and, and going back because you know, when, when people do quote tweets, you kind of have to go back and look at thread was that they were quote tweeting and all the comments and that, you know what I mean? It's not the same as when you directly respond to somebody in a thread. So I, yeah. I went back and I started looking. I'm like, well, what, what the hell is he talking about? You know, I really, I'm really looking like, where are the homophobic comments?
comments. I'm like, did he go off the off the reservation here? Like, what the hell's going on? And I couldn't find anything. And so I'm like, but he he, he kept quoting it. But he, no, he did too. I think he took a screen cap. And the screen cap didn't have anything to do with it. Well, the screen cap I mentioned. This is what I said. I said the leaders of Black Lives Matter are three. Uh, black lesbians and i was saying oh, that okay. to counter her point that black men are the ones to take all the credit and lead the movement right so, so then i was like this is stupid somebody was explicitly accusing straight black someone was explicitly accusing black men of leading the movement so of course i'm giving examples that show it's not true that you know and they're like and i kept saying well why did you mention lesbian why did you have to mention lesbian i'm like because they're lesbians and the whole point is like you know that straight black men and then and said, they mention oh, it at every time yeah okay. so then they said uh well who mentioned straight i was like oh come on you guys know when you talk about black men you talk about straight black men and then i mentioned earlier in the exchange where somebody brought up uh about straight straight men and that you know they have straight privilege and they're like well that wasn't what you were directly answering to that was 15 minutes earlier no one was talking about straight black men right there so then tell you quality for like a whole day just kept putting that up there he was like yeah you know lesbian hater lesbian hater he just kept putting it over and over so just going for the low-hanging fruit it's just couldn't in, couldn't engage with any of the actors just out and out lying being very dishonest yeah and and then i was like it's right there in the exchange that the person was was asking about uh how black men hog all the representation and that um no one else can get any chance to become a leader or get opportunities like he's not i don't think he's stupid he knows why i said the leaders are three black lesbians like you know he like he can't be that stupid but he's acts like he is which is kind of weird to me like you know because he kept playing dumb like, he was like well no you you put the word lesbians in there obviously you hate lesbians uh why don't you answer to your for your homophobia ricky rawls you get putting that in quote tweets like you know and I was like, that's you such know. a little he's that, that he's a total bitch yeah i, I can't <laughs> yeah so then i was like you know what i'm not going to even argue with you anymore i said like that's just really nasty and foul to just blatantly like lie like that on me and you know so i kind of feel bad that i brought this subject up though because now i just remembered that there was a there was a, i don't know if the person was a fan of the show or he's critiquing the show because he he felt that we talk about we did was talk much? about uh twitter beefs with uh twitter beefs with personalities on twitter yeah but i mean it is it is what it is like what can you do i mean yeah, i'm actually done with that i'm gonna get back to the mark lamont hill yeah mark lamont hill was fired for mentioning this uh palestine seized to i don't even know the quote but it's, it's apparently a quote that i guess is considered by zionists as calling for the extermination of jews in israel but in in code it says uh free palestine from the river to the sea i guess that he was saying that he heard the quote a lot and i guess he just thought it was a cool quote and he said it and he didn't realize the context or subtext whatever the uh more appropriate uh, term for it is he didn't realize what it was meant to imply so which is sort of believable i could kind of see I could yeah that. I'm a, I, be, I believe it too i mean my thing is like why even do that for like 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 these people just want to be in every lane at once like there's so many black problems going on like you know i just don't see why he had to die on this hill yeah i mean they just, you know why <laughs> was that a I, pun I, that I, you intended there t <laughs> oh <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. I just caught it. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you. Uh, off. You know, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of black liberals. They they feel the best way to ingratiate themselves with the white liberal is to care about the things that they care about and to to to, to embrace their issues as if as if we you know 
or any in any position to try to solve the world's problems or, or get involved with these people's issues when you know you know you could name all of them. you know we they, I think they still don't have clean water in Flint you know what I mean I, there's so much there's so much going on that there's no reason I, I just you know there's that phrase hold your own nuts and I'm I'm a firm believer in that and I just feel like a lot of the Mark Lamont Hill types they just you know I don't, and he probably does care I, I think maybe but I think it's more about it's more about putting the right foot forward. But as you see a lot of times with black people doing that, you see it on the left and you see it on the right recently with that guy who um, was calling the um, uh, alleged victims of um, the Supreme Court guy who just got nominated. He called them skanks or whatever. Oh yeah. And you see this at the immediate turn on. You know, it's like hold on, buddy. You can you can be you know our little mascot or whatever, but there's only so far we're gonna let you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Referring right to like, move up out the paint. Exactly. Meanwhile, people at Fox News are like literally, like, literally raping. <laughs> you know, I want to. Exactly. I, I want to add this to. Uh, you know, I, I consider Mark Lamont Hill to be a very smart dude, right? Or, or a savvy dude. Yeah, I would agree. At with least that. in terms of the traditional sense, you know, book smart kind of dude. So you know, I I I can't believe that. He was so naive and so short-sighted and, and just had a lack of self-awareness to where he didn't understand that, number one, eyes were on him after the situation with Louis Farrakhan. With a photo with him emerged yeah. and he had to defend that situation, he already knew that, okay, he was under a microscope at that point. He had to make a conscious decision when he was going to speak at the UN or wherever it was about the situation and when he was going to make that speech. He had to know that given the context of everything that he was going to get it after that quick thing. And I don't know what it is. You guys might know better than me. Um, my research is a little bit off on this topic. I was under the impression. And if you guys can correct me, then maybe, uh, someone in the audience can afterwards, I was under the impression that this was kind of an older speech that they kind of dug up after the Farrakhan stuff. Um, oh, or, oh. Or, 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 or did it actually ha happen instantaneously? Am I, am I wrong? This happened actually at the time he got in trouble. That's what my assumption was. I haven't, I haven't heard anything that made me think this was old. This was, you know what? Let's say you guys might be right. It looks like it might have, um, I guess it was a specific Palestinian solidarity day or something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, it, it looks like you were right. November 28, 2018. Okay, so I was actually dead wrong on this. Okay, thank okay, you. But I, no, that wouldn't surprise me if that was a tactic because they used that same tactic on uh, Tommy Curry, Dr. Curry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he dug up some old thing and took it out of context. It was old and they took it out of context. It was years old from what I recall. The the, the Tommy Curry thing was years old and uh, somebody came across it and uh, put it out there like it just happened a week ago. You know, it was very disingenuous. But kind of, kind of to what you were saying, D. I'm wondering, like, like you said, he he would have to be, you know, cognizant of the fact that, you know, he's under the gun right now, yeah. and I, and they brought that, you know, you knew, you knew, you knew, uh, you know, he was on borrowed time once that once that came up, but so I'm wondering if he's like, you know, what I'm just gonna go out with a splash, and, or and that's where I, because like you said, he's not a dummy. No. I can't believe that he, with the scrutiny with the Farrakhan thing, because he got a ridiculous amount of uh, negative scrutiny for that. And so you mean to tell me that that dude didn't think in his head, like, okay, when I go out here and I make this speech and, and prepare these comments and get passionate mm -hmm. and everything, they're not going to really come get me? He had to know that. So that kind of that kind of makes me a little annoyed that he would put that, and you pointed this out before, T, that he would put that much fervor, that much passion into a subject that has 
really nothing to do with the plight of American descendants of chattel slavery. You know, we've never seen him, at least not that I'm aware of, maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never seen him get that passionate about the plight of black people in America, especially putting his job on the line. Like, I've never seen that. Yeah. Um, what my theory is that I feel like here's something a lot of people don't realize about Mark Lamont Hill. He has a surprisingly hotepi pedigree, especially from, from before he got famous, like which is something that always made me seem kind of look at him kind of weird in that he dropped out of, um I think it was Morehouse or something. And he did stuff like hmm. he would he joined like I'm talking about the old hotep like now. Hotep has been diluted by like the online crowd and, <laughs> telling me. and the online black feminists. That now Hotep just means if you're a black guy who doesn't think who doesn't bend the knee instantly and just uh, scream from the hills, black men are trash, or you know you don't read, uh, you don't have bell hooks by your nightstand. You, you're a Hotep. That's all you need to be a Hotep now. Like Hotep doesn't mean really anything, but Hotep used to actually mean something specific in the black community. It used to be someone that was into Afrocentric stuff. And it's weird, the conservatives and the liberals both kind of joined together to ruin the word hotep. Like the vibe high and that guy from Carl from the Grapevine, which is a, a web show. Like these black conservatives co-opted hotep and these uh, black feminists on the liberal side co-opted hotep. And now it means nothing. But he was like an old school style hotep where he sold like incense and stuff out of his car, literally. And he was homeless. Hmm. And he uh, joined like the movement of uh, Malachi York, which was kind of like on borderline occult. And... Um, I give him credit. Uh -huh. He was honest about all of this, you know. He, in the Combat Jack interview, he talked about all this stuff. So he had kind of a whole type of kind of past, uh, the old school kind, not not like what uh, the feminists will call like uh, ashy now. But he also had like a lot of tweets and talk about stuff that, as recently as the 2010s, like maybe up to 2012, he was saying some stuff that was uh, kind of kind of edgy, you know, and. Let me let me see if you can find. Yeah, that don't pay the bills though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically, what you what you what you seem to be suggesting is he may have been a, a, a little bit more radical at certain segments in his life, and then you know maybe recently has toned it down or yeah. yeah. Raised, he, he was um, trying to make a push to be uh, a big media guy because he was doing something VH1, you know, like uh, doing the after show of um, Love and Hip Hop and stuff. Like he was trying to get every lane he could he was trying to do like i feel like a walker steve harvey where he was trying to you know steve harvey seems to be doing everything family feud the kids show yeah the talk show he, he seemed to be kind of getting as many media lanes as he, as he can so so I, steve harvey nick cannon all those dudes that yeah get all those uh hosting gigs yeah those guys who tried to do the ryan remember what's his name from american ryan idol Secret, ryan seacrest yeah. Remember when that guy was hosting everything he could? Like, uh, yep. that kind of uh, playbook. I think he's trying to be everything to everybody, and that's kind of what got him in trouble. Like, and what I mean is, got in trouble with the Farrakhan stuff. They, they caught him in this Farrakhan stuff, and this is the truth. They don't give you those big media jobs without vetting you. So, make no mistake about it. CNN and stuff knew all that Farrakhan stuff. They probably just sat on it. They don't mind having oh, a little yeah. dirt on you, because then if they have to get rid of you, in the future, you know, because they always want excuse to get rid of. They already, they already have it planned when you come in the door. They, they know they how they're gonna get out, you out the door. When, you, when you're black, because they always gotta replace you with a new face. Um, yeah. you know, they're always changing, they're always swapping you out. If it's not Melissa Harris Perry, you know, then it's Joy Reid, and they swap. Like they're not ready to get rid of Joy Reid yet. So she said all that stuff about like you know that homophobic stuff, and surprisingly she survived. But 
when they are tired of her, I bet you will bring it up again or something else, you know? But anyway, I think he realized he kind of went too far in denouncing Farrakhan because uh, when he denounced Farrakhan yeah. and stuff, he, I know he kept going back and forth. He was trying to let go and find the perfect balance. So he would go a little far in this direction. Then he came out and said, let me make it clear. Do you guys remember we did this thing where he kind of backed off the backing off of Farrakhan? try to uh, dial it back a little cut I, I guess he was worried like he's trying to serve two masters the black people and the white people and i think maybe he must have got a lot of criticism because he kind of tried to walk it back he tried to walk back the walk back do you, do you guys remember that yeah 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 so then i think what he thought and this is where i get to my theory i think this is palestinian solidarity day and a lot of these uh, liberals and leftists you know are really big into the palestine stuff i want to please both you know I already backed off the Farrakhan stuff. I already backed off the backing off the Farrakhan stuff. This is a great way for me to tastefully show my support of Palestine. So I let these people, so I let the fan base know that I haven't sold all the way out and that now I'm some kind of Zionist bootlicker. And then I think where he messed up was he put that phrase in there. I think he was very naive or not informed enough. He didn't understand what the phrase meant and that to me says everything like even if it's honestly true yeah. if you don't know what that phrase is loaded with because it's not his issue because it's not exactly. his issue it's not exactly nothing, so, it has nothing to do with his exactly. life so to me even if what you're saying is true and you didn't know that's even more of an indictment of why you shouldn't be in that lane period if you don't if you don't know yeah, it that means that right. that's not your lane to be in there's experts for that like you know because see i didn't know what that phrase meant but that's why I don't talk about it. Like, you know, it, 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 it'll be like something <laughs> black. Somebody saying, like a white guy saying, yo, uh, this is my ace boon coon. And then, you know, somebody to tell him, hey, uh, actually, you're not supposed to say coon and ace boon coon. Everybody's supposed to say stuff like that. Like, this that's just like maybe that white guy shouldn't be in, in black spaces talking about with slang, you know? Like, right. little things like that. Like, it's forgivable if he didn't know it, but he shouldn't be in that space then. If he doesn't know a simple, like, etiquette yeah. like that. So, so like Jackie Chan's character in Rush Hour, remember when he was in the pool hall? And he was like, "What's up, my nigga?" To all the bl brothers in there, and they're like, "What you say?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like not knowing that you shouldn't use the N word if you're not black. It's it's the same thing. Like, and that's so. So that's my theory. I think he was he's been always trying to please a bunch of masters in his uh, career, and I think he was just trying to mitigate some of the damage from maybe appearing too much he seems to be the kind of guy whenever he goes too far to one side he tries to walk it back to please the other side and i think yeah i mean because because you can't be black and have like super hardcore opinions and be working for cnn or fox news or whatever you know they want you to be the, they want you to tell this you know you could say some wild shit if you, if you you see how they got on don lemon when he said that what he said about white men you know being the, the biggest terrorist yeah and uh, you know, it's like, hold on, buddy. You know, even like his his fellow liberal cohorts, they were they were they weren't happy with oh, him. Oh yeah, you know? because like, you know, you gotta you don't get to say certain things. Yep, you definitely have. And to. he knows, and Lamont knows that. He knows that. Isn't he a doctor? Don't he got a PhD? I believe, I believe he, I believe he does. But he don't go by doctor, though, do he? I think he does. I've seen him go by that. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe he's a. I, be, I believe he has a PhD. I could be wrong. I, That's how they used to announce him when he used to come on O'Reilly show. I was just wondering how old he was too. That guy never—he never looks like he aged. Yeah, he, I've been seeing him around for like yeah, fifteen he years. He looks the same. Yeah, he definitely got the black don't crack uh, thing going for himself, man. I I never liked him though for some reason. Like I don't not like like I've never personally been a like big him. Fan. I just I've never disliked him, but I was never. A fan. No, I don't dislike him either. Exactly. Like, I, don't, I don't dislike him, even though I have come close at times to disliking him. 
Yeah, me too, T. Like, I've never been like, oh, man, I got to get Mark Lamont Hill's take on this. You know, whatever the big issue of the day was, it was just like, oh, okay, and then they're going to Mark Lamont Hill. Like, I never cared for his takes or anything. He was just yeah. kind of My problem with Mark there. Lamont Hill is he's one of those people, he's never gone all the way into black men are trash explicitly, but he's one of those throw right. stones and hide your hands guys twitter a lot where he's any cosigns people yeah, that do say that do say that and then he'll say stuff and this is what kind of makes me in some ways i like a jamila lemieux better who just comes out and just seems to be really unbalanced in the hatred of black men but at least you know what you're dealing with but he's one of those people that yeah. trying to act like he's being reasonable just listening to all sides they just something slick and throw some people under the bus like after like on twitter like you know like like he does like he had those episodes about but his fuck-ups are like go ahead i'm sorry i'm sorry i i oh no i could say like i could say like maybe had that whole type episode on um yeah huffington post and he was kind of contributing to the yeah he was kind of contributing to the degradation of the whole the term hotep and hotep is like, is like a respectable term like as it originally like now it's not now hotep is kind of like a slur like you know now it doesn't even matter what you do you just get called a hotep and you just automatically framed a bunch of different ways but then the guy from like uh howard university who uh is one of those old school type of hoteps like uh isn't greg Carr or something he had to get mad at him he's like why are you contributing to this hotep thing and then he apologized and walked back Walk that back, then call Tariq Nasheed a hotep, and call. And, and it's like, like, like when you talk about hotep, they put a picture of Tariq Nasheed, and it's like, whether you like Tariq Nasheed or not, like to put him there is kind of pandering to a certain audience by calling him hotep and having Jamil Lemieux as the guest to be an expert on hotep, who was one of the big people who um contributed to the degradation of the term. Like, 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 just be honest about what you're doing. Just, just say, hey, we're here to kind of uh help this black feminist talking point. So, so a lot of like the old school hoteps got mad at him, like this Greg Card guy. He's like, you know, hotep is just a word that means uh, whatever it means, and it's pro-black, and it's this, that, and why are you lumping us in with these people who have never called themselves hotep? Like, like Tariq Nasheed has never called himself hotep. A lot of people that he was kind of somewhat derisive of. Yeah, ironically, he, <laughs> ironically, he's kind of one of the first people to to contribute to the, like you said, the de degradation Years of that ago. term. Yeah. He's always mock, oh, oh, hotep. Like he might those, he might those guys. They come up to him like, oh. Hotep, brother. When he was talking about like yeah, exactly. and whatnot, and he was talking about the dirty, dusty, the dusty yeah, dudes that claim yeah, yeah. Hotep, the, the dusty conscious community. Yeah, it's funny. Like, like he actually has, has degraded a lot of. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm like, you know, like, what are you doing? But he does, he does that a lot. Where he kind of panders to that uh, black men or trash crowd, and in like a lot of different ways, and he does like, like little things, but he doesn't come all the way out, like ever say mm -hmm. it. But this is what, what kind of annoyed me with him is. He's one of those people who would throw stones and ha hide his hands a lot. So when people would get mad at something he did, he would like um, act kind of sassy with them or play dumb or do stuff. And he would get like really cute and slick in his responses to people um, on Twitter. And it wouldn't just be guys. It would be like women too. Like I remember Aki was arguing about something. And he would just do stuff that I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, like for example, when uh, Dylan Roof, we were talking about giving Dylan Roof the um, death penalty. He um, started tweeting, you know, let's make it clear. I am against the death penalty for Dylan Roof. Dylan, the death penalty, you know, even if you're gonna kill black people, death penalty is wrong no matter what. And it's like, okay, that's something for like your white liberal fans, you know, like you know, gonna say, hey, 
I'm anti-racist, but I'm so death penalty, even if it's against my people. And it's like, look, there's a million. Who asked you, first of all? Like, what? why are you throwing that opinion out unsolicited? Oh, a lot of people did. Ta-Nehisi Coates did a piece about how even though Dylan Roof killed, you know, black people. You know, we got a tap dance, man. You love the tap dance. Fucking... Are you serious, five... man? See, I didn't oh, even know Oh, about that five happened. or six people. You know, something, as a matter of fact, I had, as one of the possible show topics, I uh, had compiled a bunch of... Um, black people who talked about who wrote stories about the death penalty when it came to um dylan roof so i actually have it handy for a different show topic so i have it in front of me but here's some of the people like mark lamont hill was one of those people who was tweeting about how even for dylan roof let it be known i can't support the death penalty um tana hasi coach wrote a story um some woman who worked at new york times a black woman uh she tweeted on twitter her name is josie duffy rice about how even for Dylan Roof, let it be clear, I'm against the death penalty. Oh, I remember why I had this compiled for. I was going to talk about it with the with the synagogue versus the Charleston. You know how the Jews responded differently than the blacks when it came to the shootings. And I didn't really that see... was a great episode, by the way. I listened to that at least about three times. Oh, th- oh thank you. And, episode, and I think but... I forgot to include this resource that I made. But one thing I was going to say is that I have not seen any... Jewish people run to say my principles stand hard. Robert Bauer should not get the death penalty. But yeah, there was a CNN editorial where um somebody let me find it. I'll put it. I'll put it up now. Uh, yeah, but it was a CNN editorial where someone did the same thing. A black guy. Really right up there with the people who said I forgive you. Yeah, exactly. But this one, CNN, was by a guy Isaac Bailey. Why Dylan Roof shouldn't be killed for killing. You know, and I think all these people are just kind of trying to show, you know, you know, Barack, Barack Obama, uh, everyone kept trying to give him excuses, including black people, by saying he's not the president of black America, he's the president of all America. And I feel like a lot of these black liberals, they kind of want to show, hey, even I'm, a, you know, even though I'm black, I'm not just, you know, a black guy. I'm the kind of guy that you can trust to be. I'm like a white liberal, just like you. I'm just a white liberal that happens to be black. And here's proof of it. I'm such a liberal above black that i'll even choose the liberal stance over uh what most black people are saying you know and in fact i can give extra value to the liberal stance because i can say things you can't say like for example um a white person can picture a white person rather charleston saying let's make it clear no matter how heinous um what dylan roof did that penalty is wrong no matter, no matter what like they wouldn't want to touch it but when black people say it now it sounds like extra powerful like hey even black people uh when faced with um a white terrorist who killed uh, innocent black people you know realize that the death penalty is uh, is wrong so yes yeah, so, so, just constantly getting ourselves out of the paint <laughs> yeah always getting ourselves out of the paint and you know yeah so yeah, so so he, he did that and then when different black people uh were kind of arguing with him about it i saw him on twitter getting like, kind of sassy with them and kind of being, being like being like dismissive like you know he'll he like be kind of kind of like cute, and one thing I don't like, and I always hate this, is when people act cute when black people are mad at something, but then when white people are mad, you get on your p's and q's, you know. And uh, I think for a split second, he tried to get kind of sassy over the Palestine thing, you know. And this is something where where I mm-hmm. think what you said comes into play. You watched the uh, the evolution of his tweets change, yeah, from the beginning. Yeah, to the he end. started a little sassy, and I think this is, goes to what um. D was saying where he should have known better because he was already under scrutiny for the Farrakhan thing, you know. Um, but I guess he figured, hey, I see white liberals who talk about Palestine don't get in trouble. 
So, you know, I'm an honorary white liberal, you know, I can do it. So he, one of his early tweets was like, oh, this is this is ridiculous. Uh, the phrase from river to the sea, if that's what I think is what it is, that's been in existence before Hamas, you know, and it's ridiculous. Like, like he was kind of scoffing. And I've seen him do that when black people fuck with him on stuff, you know, he kind of like scoffs and dismisses you or kind of like passive aggressively clowns you like he'd be very passive aggressive in a way that like like passive aggressive men just really you can call me sexist listeners i don't i don't want to say something that yeah. i'm double standard by how men and women act listeners will get mad at me and stuff but i'm sorry passive aggressive men bother me more than passive aggressive women flame me all you want but that's just how i feel all of us but don't get mad when we flame back yeah but yeah passive aggressive and, and men who giggle that's it i i don't like giggling oh oh man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, don't even. I hate a man who giggles. That, that is, uh, oh. You sound like my brother. Or, or, or man. Your brother says that? He says that about the oh, giggles yeah. oh, too. Oh, see, that, like that, see, your brother's a real one. <laughs> your brother's a real one, man. I can't. The giggling a thing. Grown man, man giggling, man. Come on. Yeah, laugh or don't laugh. You're a grown man that giggles. Yeah, yeah. I'm a man, Kill I'm, yourself. Yeah, I'm sorry. A man should. Jokingly. Yeah, a man should not uh, giggle. I, I will die on that hill if this loses me. Uh, <laughs> if this the thing that ends. Uh, Champagne sharks will be it. That's that's our principal AM. If you're a passive aggressive male, a so passive it. aggressive male that giggles. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 yeah, and so I hate when um people will get like sassy or dismissive or you know indignant or or or, 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 yeah, or I even actually dismissive bothers me more than indignant. Because it's indignant, you're kind of at least willing to like argue back at me but dismissive like you know oh what are you doing at my feet you know get out of here silly like, like you're a child like that's really annoying but yeah if he kept that same energy with the white people it would bother me a lot less i would actually start liking him more again you know what i mean and like i said i've never disliked him i never like hated him i just don't like certain of his moves like what i described with the death penalty and uh kind of co-signing the, the jimino lemuse of the world and doing stuff like that but and this is the other thing that i think what people need to learn about this is I've seen some Palestinian or Arab um, pundits kind of came for him, but it would just be like, you know, a tweet of support or whatever. Or sometimes it would be kind of flip floppy. Like, you know, some of them would say, hey, Mark Lamont Hill, you did nothing wrong. Uh, this is unfair to Zionist, whatever. But, you know, I regret that you apologized. That was kind of whack. So, so it's kind of like they kind of give him props, but also kind of like, you know, take him away. And but. After a day or two, like it was done. Like these people aren't doing a petition. They're not like riding hard for him. You know what you know what I'm saying? But no, it, it, they ain't putting their jobs on the line. Or, or or they just don't care. Like some of them are have jobs where they're not on CNN. They're on like independent things where it won't hurt them to say it. You know. But you know, like this this is my problem. Like these people are not riding for you in this certain uh way like i think if it was for a lot of them if it was one of like their own in the struggle like you know with a big track record on this they would have probably like ridden a lot harder for them but then also that type of person because that's their lane they would have known not to say that line so you know i mean okay it's my thing like black people this is what i think d you and i were talking about something in a private message and you asked me to unpack it and then you said forget it because um, it'll be kind of long, save it for the episode. And I think this is a perfect time to unpack it where I was saying one of the reasons why I think middle-class or bougie or elite black people like to get on these other people bandwagon is because in these kind of debates, they can feel like they're on, like they're, it enhances their feeling of being an honorary white person or honorary white liberal to talk like a white liberal would on the issue. And I think what that does for them is, like, 
being black in the society is like it's kind of like having the stain of slave like slave is kind of what black is coded for like you know people just think of black people just as like a slave that's like the mark of cain that black people carry just by having like dark skin like you're um like like the slaveness and blackness i think in consciousness of the world is like very intertwined it's unfortunate to say but i just think that that's how it is it's, it's social death i think because of that a lot of times no matter what's going on people will always treat like blackness i guess the lowest thing it's like people come to this country with all different types of there used to be this joke, like, uh, one of the first words, like, immigrants learn when they come to America is the word nigger. Like, you know, you just know, like, there's always going to be somebody that you can leapfrog, leapfrog over. It's going to be uh, the black people. And I think when you're a white liberal and you can, like, when you're a black liberal and you can say stuff like, I think we need to, I think we need to help uh, these poor Mexicans coming across the border. It makes you feel like, you know what, black people used to have it bad, but we overcame and we won the lion's share of our battle. Now we're just like white liberals and we can just look at these, like it's the one upness of it that they get off on. Like it makes them feel like we're first world. We're honorary mm. white. <clears throat> we're looking down on these quote unquote poor people, just like a white person. Like we're closer to the white people in this equation than to the Mexicans. It's a way to feel like honorary white for a second, like, you know, to have white problems. Like, you know, I think, I think black yeah. liberals really want to believe that they have white liberal problems and not nigger problems. Mm. So I think saying shit like that makes them feel like, Hey, me and Bob from the carpool or from the law firm or whatever, we're the same in this equation. We, we can, let's go march for the immigrants. Like I, I can act like I have that. Like, I think a lot of white people who are into like altruism, just for a lot of them, not all of them, but for a lot of them, there's kind of a narcissistic aspect to it where they can say, oh, there but for the grace of God, go I, go I, or, you know, I, through my altruism or volunteering or whatever, am reaffirming the social order that, you know, I am the superior and I'm helping these poor people and whatever. And I think a lot of uh, striving black liberals want a piece of that psychologically so i think it's kind of what happens like like these people are going to be taking a lot of black people's jobs these people are going to be replacing black people in a lot of places they're going to be leapfrogging black people but you know you all that's just going to reinforce the slaveness of black people that black people in the minds you know that black pathology realism that we talked about that black people in people's minds are the ones who are reserved for the space in the bottom and i i think it's very tough for a striver to kind of think that you know I'm associated with that. That is how um, I get seen. So they, I think they want to believe that my interests are the white person's interests in this situation. Because then it makes you think, okay, here, I have a perfect way to phrase it, right? Okay, picture if you try to admit to yourself as a black person that shit has not really improved in any significant way since after slavery. They just found different ways to just keep reinventing slavery for every generation. Like people say there's a new Jim Crow, but I don't think this is the second Jim Crow. I think this is the third slavery. Like... Jim Crow was just the new slavery. It was just, there was sharecropping and the prison industrial complex. Then just keep finding new ways to reinvent. Like so, forget new Jim Crow. We're really under the the new uh, slavery. You know, they just kind of switch it to the prisons, switch it to sharecropping. There's a lot of different stuff. And while you're there, you just have to watch all these other people just come in and jump jump over you. And then it just keeps you making you feel like, damn. No matter what, I've been here longer than you. And I'm more reserved for the bottom, like, like, um, Bobby Kennedy, is it Bobby Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, something like that, uh, told James Baldwin once, he was like, you know, I 
think if uh, black people keep making like the strides that they make, that they're making and keep doing this and that, I wouldn't be surprised in, in our lifetime or, you know, in a generation or two, we have a black president. And, you know, he said it in a way that he thought like Baldwin was supposed to take it like complimentary or, you know, he said it like, oh, me as a good white liberal, like I believe in uh, the black man. And then Baldwin like got pissed and flamed him. And Baldwin was like, how dare you? Me and my people have been here long before your people. You came here after me, jumped over me, didn't have the nerve to tell me and my people that if we behave ourselves, you, one day good things might happen to you. Like, you know, like that paternalistic parent type of type of thing, like, you know, but what Candy was doing there is I think what these black liberals are doing now. Candy did was his people were like bootleggers and Irish people and weren't even white. And now in a generation, he gets to sit up there with wasps and convince himself that he's now like he's talking like he his people weren't just trash in white people's eyes like a year or two ago and in some ways a lot of times to some people they're viewed as lower than blacks like i think what a lot of these black liberals are trying to do now to these mexicans and these muslims is what bobby candy was doing in that in that position like like hmm. you know like um be like hey now i'm on yeah. this side of except we're not in that position, yeah, we're not that, in that the, position the, the uh, irish anymore we're in a position where we get to look down on you and feel sorry for you and i mean do you, do you guys do you guys agree is what i was saying making sense now do you yeah absolutely absolutely oh, yeah. thank you for uh expounding on that thought i'm surprised you I, I totally forgot about that until you just uh started to go into it and then i instantly knew where you were getting ready to go so, yeah so yeah. i think it's where a lot of these uh black liberals like doing this type of stuff it makes it they they it feels a psychological need to feel like, you know, their bourgeoisness makes them closer to white wow. people than it does to the black people who are getting leapfrogged and who are really the majority of the reality. That's why so many of them got, when Trump said about, you know, hey, the black community is in shambles. Why do you have to lose? Most of them, like Angela Rye and everything, their main thing was complaining, well, me and my friends are rich. We're not yeah, all we're in, not the all in the hood. Like, like, we're not all. Yeah. Their bigger offense wasn't the state of the black community. It was that they were not getting, they and their friends were not getting credit for having a reality closer to white liberals. And that's that's like one of the sad things about the condition that we're in right now. See, like the level of naivete that goes into thinking that um, our condition has improved so much to the point where you can afford to have that attitude just shows, you know, to me at least, the level of of ignorance that still remains in the community and right? and like, and disconnect and disconnect and disconnect. ignorance and disconnect i think those two words are the best absolutely disconnect is a big thing because um like if you look at every marker and indication of, of you know what and i'm using scare quotes would make success we're at the bottom still collectively you know and uh one of the things that i always see man is like you know in terms of income we're all you know that looks pretty good on paper I think the average income for black people in America is what is it, thirty nine thousand or forty nine thousand, something like that, which doesn't look bad, right? That's that's median. That's about where you would like to be, but unless you live in California or New York or some shit like that. But I digress. But when you look at wealth, you know, when you look at assets, wealth, the things that you use to measure the true health of of you know someone in a socioeconomic system that we have is horrible, man collective and so you know the disconnect in the in the um the naivete with these people you know is gonna be is doing a lot of harm you know and because it, it it prevents us from honestly looking and understanding 
completely what our situation in this country is. I hope that made no, sense. No, it did. It just... did, and I totally uh, agree. I wrote some notes on this actually, and I just found them because I remember I was um, I was thinking about your question for, and I actually made notes. And what I just did was off the top of my head, but this is a short paragraph that I remember I wrote because I I remember telling myself that I want to explain myself better. Um, so I wrote, "Caping makes you feel like a winner." Because it makes you feel like, you know, you've, you can afford to now cape. Like, you've done your struggle. So, comparing everyone else's struggle to the new version of the black struggle kind of makes it feel like the lion's share of the black struggle is over. Now that you arrived, you came, you saw, you overcame, you conquered, you got over your struggle. Now it's time for you to help another. Plus, it makes you feel like an honorary white person, a first worlder, you know, as opposed to an other, you know. And it kind of... Uh, lessens your anxiety about the new people you're caping for because i feel like black people always kind of realize in the back of their head but they don't want to admit it or not that this is another group of people who are gonna who are gonna leapfrog us you know what i mean and, and that little sense of superiority you kind of get in your caping this for them you know in addition to making you feel like the lion's share of your struggle is over you get to feel like i'm i'm white mommy and daddy's number one son or number one daughter you know i'm the uh oldest of their children because uh you know at the end of the day it always comes back to white mommy and daddy and the last thing i'm gonna say on this subject is i think that's where it comes like you know when um obama couldn't really say anything emphatic about the cop shootings and all that stuff and he couldn't say anything emphatic about anything black but the minute the trans bathrooms thing happened he and his attorney general the first thing they said is uh this is the new what do you say the new jim crow or he said it's the new he said it's a new something and i'm like wait the black version that's not over yet you know you know but like how can you say it's a new thing when the new civil rights struggle the civil rights struggle of our era yeah and it's like wait the old civil rights struggle has not fucking resolved yet like what are you talking about have you seen, have you seen? no we're post-racial man we're post-racial yeah, yeah. They, they, they were living in that delusion of post-racialness and that's they were they were just gonna you know they got, they're not gonna get off that kick yeah, yeah. And, but they're acting like you know it's it's over for for black people now it's our time to help other people and so proximity to whites <laughs> have to be the only barometer that they're using to come to that determination yep I think that's pretty much the only thing that came out of the Civil Rights Act was, okay, it allowed integration to happen and we gained proximity on some level to whites. Yeah. That's literally it. We're still at the bottom of every economic measure you can think yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. But, but more of us group, get... Even recent... Yeah. yeah, more of us get to, like, physically be around whites. So, you know, hey, there you go. We get to give them our money without yeah. getting our ass beat. <laughs> or sometimes you give them your money and still get your ass beat. You know, well, well, it's the it's the Asians yeah, and the Arabs whooping our asses now. And now, and now, like white white people don't have to travel to uh, kick your ass or treat or treat you like shit. Now, you know, they can just go to work or school, and you know, you save them a walk <laughs> or a drive to go to the black side and of town. The cops to do are it. already on campus, and you pull out your and all you and you pull out your phone and be like, "Are you serious? Wow. 2018, you're still doing wow. this shit, man? Are you serious?" <laughs> for, for people who don't get the inside joke, uh, we always joke about how. Like those, um, <laughs> those new woke uh, black kids will always have those T-shirts. Like you know, hey, racist, we are not our grandparents. You will catch these hands and all this stuff. But then, whenever anything actually pops off, all they do is pull out a phone and record and be like, "Really? 
Wow. In 2018? <laughs> they catching that iPhone. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like Twitter do y'all thing. Twitter do y'all yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. All that all that you will catch these hands. Like all you're gonna catch these hands doing is holding an iPhone. Uh basically. You're gonna catch these Twitter fingers, this <laughs> yeah. this button uploading this to Twitter and making a hashtag. The worst punishment that happens is the people get a hashtag name, you know, corner store carol and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys don't even slander the real name <laughs> to make their real name like verboten. You just give them a fake name. <laughs> on top of everything else here's a here's an article that i think is an exaggerated version of a narcissistic giver but i think it's like a kind of cool isn't this guy sam backman he writes about um narcissism and i used to like reading um his stuff um but he had a he had an article called the misanthropic altruist and compulsive giver and he puts some some narcissists are ostentatiously generous they donate to charity lavish gifts on their closest abundantly provide for the nearest and dearest and in general are open-handed and unstintingly benevolent how can this be reconciled with the pronounced lack of empathy and the pernicious self-preoccupation that is so typical of narcissists and i feel like you know this kind of describes a lot of like white do-gooders who end up being like really racist like you know you heard about the abolitionists who would be some of the most heinous racists but such compulsive uh do-gooders and i think the spirit of this still exists to this day like and it says he continues the act of giving enhances the narcissist's sense of omnipotence his fantastic grandiosity and the contempt he holds for others it is easy to feel superior to the supplicating recipients of one's largesse narcissistic altruism is about exerting control and maintaining it by fostering dependence in the beneficiaries but narcissists give for other reasons well the narcissist launches his charitable nature as bait. He impresses others with his selflessness and kindness and thus lures them into his lair and traps them and manipulates and brainwashes them into subservient compliance and obsequious collaboration. People are attracted to the narcissist's larger-than-life posture, only to discover his true personality traits when it's far too late. Give a little to take a lot is a narcissist creed. I feel like a lot of this is behind a lot of, like, white liberals benevolent stances like a lot of them have this kind of um nasty streak to their benevolence like not not like all of them and i think like a lot of black bourgeois people or strivers they just want to model white people as much as they want like like that's their kind of goal to a uh, barometer for making it so i think whether they're doing it for these fully same reasons like like because i think they kind of don't fully get the psychology of white liberals and stuff i think some of them might want to do it for a as selfish superior feelings of omnipotence as these guys do it or they just want to do it for more benign reasons like hey this is what white mommy and daddy does and i want to be like them but i think it kind of covers the range but either way it, i think it's complicated you know and i feel like a lot of liberals fall under um that uh stance and i feel like one of the problems like progress is that now like like there's this joke that goes around where it says uh that's why yeah. i love movies like blindside yeah and, and that lady ended up being that. like uh saying a lot of like racist shit and stuff yeah i th i think i think a lot of times yeah. you look at when when these people like like there's this joke that goes about uh progress is like more more female wardens you know like 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 let let women and black people get a chance <laughs> to be fucked up like i feel like a lot of black people have become immersed or absorbed enough white liberal values that they want to now be narcissistic givers too yeah i i, mean, I think for the really far gone ones i'm not saying that this is what mark lamont hill does i just want to make sure i'm not saying that this is him i can't psychoanalyze him i'm just saying to the general question of why so many um black elites like this congressional black caucus and all these things 
sound just like their white liberal counterparts. And I just think it's. I think. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for them. Um, were you finished? Here? Oh, 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 and and the death penalty thing, like why so many of them are trying to parrot them and talking about the death penalty, like like you know, oh, I am in a position to be the judge, jury, and executioner and grant mercy to the white terrorists, you know, like it makes you feel like you're closer to the white liberal in the Charleston thing than the niggers who were shot in the church. And actually, it adds an even more noble aspect to it because you're doing it to your, the people of your own skin and phenotype that um, that were victims of that heinous crime, right? So it adds to the whole black dignity yeah. in the face suffer, of uh, yeah. suffer with suffering dignity. and trauma. Yeah, man, that's deep, man. Hey, hey, and, and, uh, and even if you want to mm. are about the death penalty, there's so many black people with the death penalty. Just, you know, focus on them. Like, why do you have to show out? It's like when... um. It's like, uh, what's her name this week? Donna Brazil. She tweeted about uh, the, oh the guy, that guy God. Kareem and talking about. And it's like okay. we ain't heard from her in in a minute. Like she's she hasn't said anything in in. Still been too. It still was too soon. Yeah. Yeah, man. I feel you on that, big fella. <laughs> that, that's real talk. <laughs> she hasn't said anything for months. Man. Well, not anything. Of, I'm sure she's been tweeting or whatever she does, but. Uh, you know, the first time she comes out and says anything of significance that gets any play just happened to be on that particular issue. Like, it's like, what the f what are we doing, man? Like, it's and, and I was searching I, I was searching her name uh, with other NFL abusers and I couldn't see her talking about Roethlisberger or all these other people. But this guy, Kareem, what's his last name? Hunt? It's Kareem Hunt, right? Y yeah. yeah. Uh, he gets this altercation Hunt, yeah. with this white girl. And supposedly witnesses say that she was that he found she was underage for drinking. Didn't want her in the um, place, so asked her to leave. Kicked her out, and her and her friend were apparently banging on the door for thirty minutes, saying "nigger" over and over again, and wouldn't want to leave. And um, yeah, so she comes out and tweets something about like you know, congrats to, to the NFL, the Chiefs for firing him, and she's hashtag some like feminist stuff. And I was like, whether or not you think that. He did beat her. Like, I saw the video, and I think it's kind of questionable. Like, I saw two things happen. One, one girl pushed yeah. a guy. That guy fell into another guy. And then that guy fell into the girl that fell. So if you actually look at the video in slow-mo, you can tell that it wasn't a guy pushing the girl down. Her friend physically assaulted one of the black guys. That black guy fell into another black guy, and that guy fell into the girl. Then um, Kareem Hunt looks like he kicks her foot. But you know, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a little petty, petty little, little foot, you know. He kept rushing at her, and people held him back. But in return, she kept rushing at him too. And, and yeah, yeah, and, and she actually took a swing at him. I was trying to say is, even if worst case scenario, you think that he actually did beat her. Like TMZ used the word brutalize, and he did not brutalize her. But but say say yeah. what? Oh, are you kidding me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but they used the word brutalize, and you know, I knew it was bad. White people in the comments, white guys were like, "Teams, you filed for this one." I was like, "Wow!" When white people are saying your headline is too much, <laughs> like white guys, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of uh, crazy. But they, they used the word "brutalize" and did the whole black brute. Um, yeah, I'm like, the, I'm really side eyeing yeah. them. By the way, you know, they've done oh, a lot of they fuck do, yeah, shit. Not, right, man, they think side eye. They passed that. And you know, when I tweeted about that, a lot of people came into my mentions or my DMs like, "Oh." So you're saying it's okay to beat women? It's like, oh, God, why do you guys always have to go there? And I said, first, I never said it's okay to beat women. But I'm saying, even if he did, worst case scenario, 
you view the tape and objectively feel your in your heart that he beat her, you can still call for punishment for her too. Like him getting consequences doesn't forego her facing consequences for assault, hate crime, trespassing. Like like people act like you know asking for her to face consequences somehow asking excusing anything that, that he did you know what i mean but the other thing too is that, and this is what i hate i feel like white people can never understand what the word nigger means to a black man coming from an angry white person's mouth like psychologically to a black person when you hear that word nigger pop off in an argument you know it's on the verge of hitting terroristic levels yeah. like there's a cultural and historical trauma to hearing yeah. angry white people like no matter how angry a white person is especially uh, multiple white people once you hear like nigger you know, okay, when they've gotten mad or comfortable enough to say that, this could be followed by a lynching. This could be followed by some kind of, I mean, in, in this age where, yeah, can they be yeah, it's definitely in this physical, age probably. where even civilians can get away with killing us now, like you no know, no Zimmermans and the parking lot guy and all these people can get away with uh, killing us. If I hear a nigger coming off and I know there's like a possibility of violence, these white people are more emboldened than ever. Like they know it's not going to ruin their life. You know, they've been shown enough proof that, you know, you don't even have to be a cop anymore to um, whatever. So can you imagine hearing that for 30 minutes from like straight from an angry white girl? Like, you don't know. It's yeah, I can't I can't I, I can't imagine. Uh, imagine being you, a black guy banging yeah. on somebody's door in a hotel, you know, for 30 minutes screaming Swat cracker, you. cracker, cracker. <laughs> And you know, the, the, can, you, can you imagine no. 30 minutes of that? And, and, and crap, black and, people no, get shot no. at. You know, just for ringing That's, the doorbell. And, <laughs> police are and showing crack, up. Crackers are slurred. Five minutes that type of in. historical or cultural baggage. Like, like, like. No, they don't have the same. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cracker is like ninety yeah. percent of his use is like uh, Paul Mooney sketches. Like, you know, like ninety percent of niggers' use is like yeah. whippings and lynchings. And I'm sure there was not a single lynching or extrajudicial uh, execution of black people that did not involve the utterance of the word nigger at some point the process like mm -hmm. you know the fact that like because because one white person said it was just name calling it's like oh fuck you 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 have no idea like what and plus you don't know that guy's personal history with the word like and again this is not to justify him beating her but they i don't care have that yeah. same energy because to me oh, i just don't no, feel like don't he beat her i don't, don't no, use that i don't term. think he beat her but i don't he didn't he didn't beat her he, he should have did what he did. It was unnecessary. He should have did what he did, it. though. You're right. But what I'm saying is, even worst case scenario, even if you take the worst case scenario, she's still, that word is like violence or it carries a threat of violence. Like, you know, uh, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen when the cops come because we've seen cops come shoot the black victim in a case. Yeah, yeah. You know, like. Uh, exactly. So calling the cops, calling the cops is no guarantee that things are going to go your way when there's an angry young white woman who's attractive and yelling at you like the black brute. Like, you know, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, but Donna, Donna Brazil basically was tweeting like shit about that. You know, she was, she was tweeting about, uh, thanks NFL for doing this and that. And then I searched her name and of course she's not saying anything similar to, she doesn't say anything similar. And, and another thing they do all the time is, is oh, abuse, abuse, abuse. A fight is not abuse. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, they had a they had an altercation. It's not abuse. I, see, I, I, the way that I, I and shame on me because I haven't even bothered to uh, look up any details of the story. But in my mind's eye, when I heard what would happen, I envisioned like a um, what's the brother that that uh that socked his oh Ray Rice out in the elevator. Yeah, I envisioned like yeah, Ray Rice I thought it was gonna be thing, like that you know, too. He was beating her and stomp, you know. Yeah, especially when they say brutalize in the yeah, headline. So what, he just tripped. Well, her? Well, is that what well, you're saying? Well, this, this is this is what happened. She fell 
down, but she fell because a girl pushed a guy who fell into a guy who, who fell on her, and then he did rush her. One yeah. thing that it looked he might have done because it's kind of hard to always tell what's going on. I think one thing he might have legitimately done, it looks like he might have mushed her, or at least tried to. I couldn't tell. Mushed her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, like with the hand, like, kind of like shove her face away. Oh, by the face? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys don't use the word mush? Okay. I've never heard. Oh, yeah, wow. I do. We do. I'm much fascinated by regional stuff. <laughs> it, it, it mushed, uh, muffed. Oh, see, I never heard muffed. That's, that's, that's interesting. Like he muffed her, he muffed her face, like uh, mushed, we, is it a common yeah. one? Yeah. What do they? What do they? What do they call it? What do they call no, it there? Man, I don't... Like if you just take your palm, you like somebody talking crazy. You just you just take the you know open hand and just yeah yeah push yeah, their face like that. It's not an actual slap. It's kind of like you, yeah. a shove of the face. Something that you shouldn't be doing, but it's not a slap. But I, I know what you. We I don't. Yeah, even, no, you wouldn't do that. You yeah, yeah it's, it's it's going down after that unless the person is just a straight up. You know. Out here, man, it's just like. If you even put your hand in somebody's face, like you even getting ready to do it, you know, oh, LA people, get your LA hands people out of my face. It's like that. But yeah, I never heard of a direct term for that. Wow, that's. But I guess because it's so unheard, like I, I can't even imagine somebody doing <laughs> something. <laughs> I can't even imagine. You, how you, I would it's, react. The, it's like kind of like a real, a real side disrespect. Usually, it's a, it's a guy, you know, a guy doing it to another guy. You know what? Punking out. You but, know but, what but, I mean? But yeah. I, think, I think sometimes yeah. men kind of do it to women too. If you don't, if they. Yeah, I was gonna say. You know what? To yeah. avoid hitting them, I you saw know? that happen. They, they'll mush them. I saw that happen, and and for, ironically enough, or whatever, however you want to characterize it, it was a gay white man doing it to a a, a, a white woman. And she was getting mm. ready to talk about something, and they were kind of having a, a semi. You know, not even really. I don't even want to characterize it as a heated exchange. It wasn't heated at all, but it was um, passionate. And as she's talking. He just takes his hand and covers her mouth while she's talking. Like, shh, I'm going to finish talking. And I was just oh, like, Oh wow, that's really Whoa, what that's the really patronizing. Fuck? Yeah, so I had to step in on it, but it was like I, I can't even believe that uh, I had never even seen no shit like that. Oh, I I found <laughs> the Brazil life. exact tweet. It said Donna Brazil says, This is a good move. NFL and she adds them should send this to the Redskins and she asked the Redskins and she hashtags Respect women. There's no respect black men or respect black people. Guardian. She says respect women. Like, you know, and then. You're a good sheep dog, Donna. Yeah, and what she said Way is. Go. And it was response to dog. the Kansas chief cutting him. So not only did he get cut, Donna Brazil is retweeting it and adding the NFL and the Redskins. Like, hey, guys, I'm contacting you publicly, demonstrably, like performatively, so everyone can see it. Uh, hey, don't hire him. So it's not that he gets fired. She's like. Taking the proactive step of telling them, and I searched her tweets. I didn't see her say anything about Roethlisberger. I didn't say, say, "Hey, why are you guys still employing Roethlisberger or all these other people?" Like you know, and the respect women thing. And it's like, okay, I'm not saying that she has to cape for Kareem Hunt and choose his side. I'm not saying that she has to excuse him. She might think that you know, from watching the video, her honest feeling might be that he abused her. That's fine. You're entitled to that. But what I'm saying is, have the same energy for both. You can criticize him and also say like you know also this woman needs to be prosecuted she's not a she's not a victim but but they treat her like she's yeah, an innocent yeah, victim she's, she's an innocent, innocent angel victim. that you know he just like she stuck around for 30 minutes banging on his door after he politely asked her to leave and she was calling him like triggering slurs you know and she was physically attacking him once he came out 
Like, like you can call for her punishment too. Like, just have that same energy. But she's not going to because I think the white women are mad at her after what happened with Hillary Clinton, and she needs more work. She's not getting work like she used to because we're like, you know, your sister Hillary, you turned on her. Go ask Bernie Sanders for work. And Bernie Sanders is like, hey, I got nothing to do with you. You know, he he wants <laughs> nothing to do with her either. Bernie's like, keep that same energy. Yeah, yeah. So she needs this work. And this is like performative for, I think, the white women to try to get kind of get in their uh, good graces. And a black man, I think, is always safe for that. It just goes to show the um, the tenuous line that they have to walk, man. Like, it, it's they have a razor-thin margin of error in that line of work when they don't have their own platform. Yep. They don't have their own... Um, grassroots base that carries them, man. Like any little thing they get off cold on, their ass is grass. And, and I feel like if they I, I, that may contribute to a lot of yeah. the consternation and shit, and all, some of the stuff that happens with like the Mark Lamont Hills and the uh, Donna Brazils and, and shit like that. Like they don't have anything to fall back on once the mainstream gigs are over with. Yeah. Um. No. To close out, do you want to hear some of um? His more controversial statements that you know to, oh. to some people would sound kind of uh hot happy. I can um I can pull Mark yeah, on my hill. I, I can pull some of them. I, I think Mike some. wanted to uh you talking about closing out for the for the well, show or no? Oh, 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 oh I mean close out for this for this episode. But um why why did Mike wanna? Yeah yeah. Well I mean once, you know once we're done with the once okay, we're done with the episode okay, cool, to just cool, make cool. a little announcement. Right, so, so let me just let me just finish this up real quick because it's not it's not okay. it's yeah. not gonna it's not gonna be long. The Daily Caller is like like boss up it's one of those pages that's like something's with it like it's cheap or has viruses that that thing is like how that thing is run but it always takes forever to load not that i go on it a lot okay but here's one of the things that's able to come up he tweeted i pre in 2010 i appreciate minister farrakhan demanding that we organize and build our own um institution Hold on, just, just give me a second. This this page is shitty as hell. Let me put it into the thing here, and maybe if you guys can get it to come up before I can. Daily Caller is like the white media takeout. Like, it's that janky a website. I can't believe really, how janky this website is. That's yeah, taking it's, this it's long. CNN, CNN contributor Mark Lamont Hill has history of what the hell? Enjoy reading Daily Caller? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have this resident uh, black girl there at Daily Caller who's like, only job. Her name is Amber Randall. Is just okay. shit on black people for them. Uh, so she she just that's all she does. So after what happened with Mark Mark Lamont Hill, um, the day after she had all these receipts on uh, why Mark Lamont Hill not only deserved to get fired but had a history. Okay, it's it's working for me. It's working for me now. Um, so here here's I'll just read the whole thing really fast because it's not really much. She goes, Lam Mark Lamont Hill. Okay, Lamont Hill called the criticisms of his comments quote unquote silly. And noted that the phrase "river to the sea" precedes ha Hamas, and she posted one of Mark Lamont's earlier, kind of more sassy, indignant um, tweets. So he, uh, Mark Lamont Hill says, "This is silly and inaccurate. River to the sea is a phrase that precedes Hamas by more than 50 years. It also has a variety of meanings. In my remarks, which you clearly didn't hear, I was talking about full citizen rights in Israel and a redrawing of the pre-1967." borders you know and that was his early energy um this is before like um he got fired and then she goes lamont hill has flirted with anti-semites in the past and recently defended a 2016 photo op with nation of islam leader louis farrakhan who has called the jewish people termites among other derogatory comments the cnn pundit explained the way the photo op 
by contending that the pair discussed Farrakhan's anti-LGBT and anti-Semitic views during during uh, their meeting. The photo was being used by Farrakhan to sell music box sets. I'm not sure why. Apparently without Lamont Hill's permission. Lamont Hill said he would ask for it to be taken down as, quote, I don't think it's consistent with my values and professional standards. De despite his insistence that he has principal disagreements with Farrakhan and his organization, the Nation of Islam, Lamont Hill has praised the pastor's leadership in the past. In 2015, a Twitter user asked Lamont Hill if he would support Farrakhan's speech at the Atlantic University Center. Lamont Hill replied simply, what you need, good brother. And he, and he added the the guy in Farrakhan. So he asked Farrakhan, the guy, what, what help of mine do you need? So, you know, in 2016, he was still, you know, openly, you know, showing he supported them. Then they found a tweet of his from 2010. Like, like, you know, they dug in and he says, 2010, I appreciate Minister Farrakhan demanding that we organize and build our own institutions. He's right. And then um, uh, something else, this was interesting. He's in, a, in another 2010 tweet, Lamont Hill insisted that he appreciates much of the Nation of Islam's message, but thinks it's, quote, too conservative, unquote. And this is the tweet. While I've appreciated much of the Nation of Islam's message, its politics and ideology have always been too conservative for me. So he actually said that Nation of Islam doesn't go hard enough for him. In 2014... Hmm. Oh, is yeah. that what he's saying? I, I took it as, you know, like, conservative Republican? in the sense of... You know, like gender roles and oh, that's a good point. Uh, homos their ideas toward uh, homosexuality and uh, damn it, you're right. Uh, things like that, that could be what it is. You're right. He actually might have been trying to be woke. Oh, you're right. He might have been saying not politically conservative as being like um, not going hard enough on white people, less progressive than he'd like. Yeah, you know, uh, on social issues. Yeah, he might mean like yeah, yeah. It might be too conservative. See, in that case, if that's what he meant, he would have been better off saying regressive. I think, you know, like, but, but yeah. yeah, I mean, that's open to interpretation, but he still did um, show is, support yeah. for Nation of Islam. So, so you're right. That's the asterisk one. <laughs> He's This is what he said. In 2014, he tweeted this. It's been beautiful to see all the different organizations out here. I don't know where he was, but he was somewhere. And he said, Nation of Islam, Hebrew Israelites, Morris Science Temple, Black Greeks. Then he, ha he hashtag hmm. one hood. So in 2014, he's shouting out, the Hebrew Israelites, even national, wow, uh, nation of Islam, more signs, black Greeks. Um, he repeatedly expressed support for Assad Shakur and Mumia Abu Jamal. Uh, in a tweet, he tweeted, and this is in 2009, this is before I think he was really working for any of these mainstream places. Assad Shakur is an American hero and freedom fighter. I'll always stand next to her. Also, a review of the facts shows that, and he puts this in all caps, she is innocent, you know. So, um I mean, so the guy who was selling incense out of his car, you know, and, and hustling from in Philly, you know, he was saying a lot of real stuff in 2000. But what's interesting is that was 2009. But in 2017, he was still at it. He was saying, I believe Asada Shakur is innocent in all caps and wrongly convicted in all caps of killing a cop. But now he's equivocating. He's like, therefore, my support of her doesn't mean I support cop killers. So, you know, he's he's on uh, equivocating, not the right word, but he's he's being more conscious of what white people think in his spirit yeah. in this. Like, you know, he's making clear, which you can't yeah, win. Yeah, you just can't win with them. Yeah, exactly. Because as you can tell, they didn't care, as you can tell in this in this article. You know, right. so, yeah, that was just some some examples of how he has a kind of like a what some people would call up. Oh, they got one in here from 2018 with them with them still. You control, call, or harass whoever you want. I still stand with the size of Shakur. I still maintain her innocence. I always will. 
2000. And that was July yeah, yeah. this year. So, so, I mean, to give him his credit, like, he, he has, like, said some, some Consistent. real stuff. Yeah. With it, that? The one thing I didn't like about him was, like, the, the caping for Dylan and Roof and some other stuff. And some of the stuff that he's kind of done with the, with the toxic yeah. masculinity, black patriarchy stuff, I mm -hmm. haven't liked. And one thing that's interesting is I have not seen a lot of these people he was pandering for really cape for him vigorously over this. Like, I've seen more no. of the Arab pundits kind of come to his side. If anything, the only thing I saw one of them really tweet about him, one of the black feminists, was I saw one of them blame him for the white kappa, Sam Whiteout. Uh, they were saying that um, they were saying <sighs> black men were to blame for uh, Sam Whiteout, the the white kappa, who was a kind of like a a colonizer yeah. and a cultural appropriator. They were saying black men were to blame for him mm -hmm. because not only did um, a frat let him into the frat, which is you know full of men. But Mark Lamont Hill is one of the first people to have him on as an expert and give him a national platform to talk about race, you know. So that's pretty much the only thing I really um, saw him do. And I think that's kind of what, like, not only can you not cape for these other groups, but I think if you're a black man and you're trying to, like, get an audience by pandering to those BMAT, those black men are trash feminists, they're not really going to ride for you, honestly, mm -hmm. I don't think. You know, no. they um they came for ta Coates, and he was always trying to be very nice to them like they want they Mom, they want a he? spot and you're taking up the white validation oxygen if you're a straight white straight black man and there's there yeah there's there's very few seats at the yeah. table so you're just in the way that three-parter mm. yeah um yeah so uh, i'm done and you guys can end it on whatever you want well i was just gonna uh i guess uh update everybody on the situation uh, as far as to why i haven't been on a lot of the recent podcasts, uh, about a month ago, I was told that I have cancer, and uh, so I've been dealing with the with with the with the repercussions of finding that out, and uh, almost immediately started chemotherapy, and uh, so in it, and uh, you know, I know you know, cancer touches a lot of different people's families, so a lot of people know that that type of thing, you know, kind of wipes you out a lot of the times, and you just don't have energy to do a lot of the things that you enjoy. But <clears throat> I think it's important for me, you know, for my, you know, my mental health and well-being and, uh, and my physical health as well, you know, is to engage in the things that that, br that bring me pleasure, you know, it's, you know, while I'm fighting this. And uh, one of those is, uh, you know, chopping it up with my brothers T and D and uh, you guys out there that uh, support us. And uh, I, I really appreciate it. And so I just wanted to keep, you know, uh, you know, uh, let everybody know what's going on with me in my life uh, at this point. And that, that's what's going on. So, you know, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's um, I mean, we've known about it for a little while, but, you know, it wasn't really our place. Yeah, the guys yeah it wasn't really our it. place yeah. to uh, discuss it, you know, or to or to break the news on on Mike's uh, behalf. But I will say it's been harder to do the show um without you because honestly a lot of times um there'll be times i'll be like oh i'm tired i don't feel like doing it and then michael texts me and goes yo so we're doing a show tonight i'm like oh man fuck it let's let's do it you know what i'm saying <laughs> like uh yeah yeah i, I never realized yeah, yeah that was that, that was because you know i was typically a later late yeah. night guy you right, know what i mean right, but yeah, uh yeah. now I've, I've been off work for this time and uh you know, I you know at some at some of these points I've been taking um, pain medicines and whatnot. So they you know like it seems like like a lot of times. Well, I've been pretty good with pain lately, so I haven't really been taking them. But like initially, I was you know taking them and like because it would kick in at you know in the evening and you know I take it in the evening and like they powerful they powerful. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
that's just that. It's just some space yeah. alone. Like, 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 yeah. like, like, you don't need a reason yeah, to not want to. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need a reason to not right. want to. That's what that was. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was a journey wrapping my mind around the yeah. whole thing. You know, yeah. I'm. Uh, I, I'm 41 and a half, and it's just. It wasn't something I was expecting. It's it really like a, a, you know, a donkey punch to the gut. Like when he, when I found out, and uh, you know, my, you know, I got the support of my family and friends around here and the guys, you know, which I appreciate. And it was, you know, they, you know, the people that care about me took it really hard too. So it's like you're dealing with your own emotions and you're dealing with the emotions of the people that you know are also care about you and affected by it. So you know, spit, man. I um, yeah, it was um, you know, well, I, I won't going to a whole thing about my my emotions when i heard about it but you know man like i said man thoughts and prayers to mike um you know as much love Gosh, and, i appreciate and, all of the energy that um you know our listening our, our listeners can give and send out man you know i'm sure will be very appreciated by the big guy and uh for sure yeah yeah man it's like um the morning I found out, I remember it just knocked me out for like um, yeah, yeah. A, a while. I, I, it was weird. It was weird too. As I was just trying to figure out a way to tell you guys, it was like I think I'm trying to think uh, outside my mom, my girl, who's not my wife. Oh um, man, congratulations on that, man! <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I forgot. I forgot. To, I forgot to yeah, announce that part. Congratulated Mike. off air before the show started, but, but yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, and my and my two my, and my two brothers. Outside of them, I think I didn't, we didn't tell anybody for I, I think a couple of weeks. I guess it just didn't feel real, yeah. really. I guess once it felt real, that's when I just I, I mean because I wanted to talk about it, but like you know I wanted to talk about it with people who probably wouldn't just keep crying all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. it's like you know what I mean. It's like you know it's like I got I got it's like a heavy emotionally on me, and then like you know like I, I, the first person I told was my mom, and so we were both in the kitchen crying, and it was just. But she took it, you know, you know, she took it pretty. So well, we gonna we gonna fight it, baby. You know, we ain't gonna, we ain't, yeah, mama, we gonna, you know. So yeah, you know, it feels weird talking about this after having a regular episode and then just drop uh, drop. I know it. No, no, no it I'm, is not saying, weird. I'm not saying that as a. <laughs> That's wrong to do, but I'm just saying like it goes so naturally the episode that you know you start to even um, forget, you know what I mean? So it's like, and that's what I that's, yeah, that's yeah, what I need. It makes me glad that that you uh, came back and did it tonight because like it just felt like you know regular like like a regular episode. Like it's it's uh, it's amazing how that happens. How going through like your old routine can um yeah really really help like w- w- when i found yeah, out i had a whole <laughs> bunch of appointments the next day i missed them all because i literally forgot what day it was it shocked me so much yeah, like I, yeah that, that was... i lost my bearings of the day so a day or two after i realized yeah. holy shit it's friday like i the week just collapsed into like one one day it was very man T, I, I totally em- <laughs> empathize with you on that man i um you know when i when i when he when he told us, man, it was like um, I, I I I was shocked, and you know, I, but I took it, you know, I was like, okay. And then when I started driving to work, man, and and this damn song by Sade came oh, on, man, that shit <laughs> it fucked me up, man. Oh, man. I was fucked up in the in the when I was trying to sign in for work, man, and people were like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, don't talk to me right now, man. I'm I'm you know. I, I, you know. Yeah, it gets you in your feels a yeah, little bit, yeah, you know. And you know, one of the good things, I guess, I don't know if we call it. It's just, I, you know, it's just, you know, it's it's nice to see like that, you know. 
I feel like I, I live the life to where it's a lot of people care. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it was like that, that touched me a lot too. Like, wow, you know these people really care, and like you know people up at work, they took a collection for me. You know, yeah. hundreds of bucks. You know, which was which was nice. Right. And uh, you know, it's just like wow, you know, signing the cards and all that stuff. One of my one of my buddies that I work with, he brought it over to me, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people sending their love and you know well wishes to me, and it's just like you know, you feel like okay, like if I, maybe if I was you know, less of a nice guy or whatever, you know, people wouldn't care, but I feel like that I did something right at least. I, I touched people's lives in a positive way, the way they, they, you know, sympathize with my situation and they hope the best for me. Man, I can't add nothing to that, man. That's perfectly stated. All right, so, yeah, I mean, sorry, it's a he ending on a heavy note, but that's that's life sometimes, yeah. man, you know? That is, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it is, it is. That's, that's yeah, I'm sure a lot of people Hard but fair is a, is, a, is a term I've heard before. Life is hard yeah. but fair. And you know, I ain't the only one that's ever happened to, you know, so yeah, it's I'm like- sure a lot of listeners have had similar nice. stories in uh, their lives. Yeah, it's, you know, and it's like crazy. It's like once you see, like, cause I've been going like the chemo into the, it's like a cancer center or whatever. And you know, you just see like different, like old people, young people, men, women, black, white, Asians. Like, it's like, it just hits everybody. Yeah, unfortunately, it's you one of the- got little kids. Discriminate, yeah. yeah. Cancer don't give a fuck about the system of white supremacy. Yeah. Coming for everybody. Not at all. All right, guys. So uh, have a good night. And um, yeah, I mean, listeners, you enjoy yourself. Turn, turn, pour, pour, pour a little drink. I'm taking a little sip of me. Uh, <laughs> if y'all out there, y'all, if y'all care, you, you know, know. Mike send loves me up the toast libation, or something. So, you know. <laughs> I, I do, man. I do. I do. I yeah, do. yeah, yeah. Give give your regards to uh, at Black Exception One on uh, Twitter. We want to give you well wishes. And yeah, with that, everybody have a good night. It was real as usual, and we'll talk soon. Good night, everybody. Peace.